0: For Your Inflammation, it's brought to you by Kanicki Insurance Company. Life insurance policy starting at only 25 cents. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Inflammation with Zach and John. From Kanicki it's like a Hallmark card. Unnecessary. Welcome to Four Year Inflammation, a podcast about good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We're your host, Zach... And I'm John. Uh, a good summertime flick, this movie was. Good summertime flick. Uh, Grease. Greased lightning from 1978. Um, I'm going to, I think I should issue a warning because I feel like I kind of, like, led everyone to believe that I may like Jaws last week and then, like, just about 20 minutes in just started shitting all over it. I'm gonna let you guys know right the fuck now I goddamn hate grease. I'm also going to put out a bit of a warning myself and say uh Grease Lightning was my college nickname. So uh you can have fun figuring out how that one works. Ugh. <laughs> um I mean, I it's it did, were you were you getting up on those uh, life insurance policies were you were you using like the like the extra lubricated ones? Is that why you're Grease Lightning? Oh uh, yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Ugh, okay. Whatever. <laughs> anyway, so this week we're talking about Greece um as much as I have a disdain for this movie it it is a part of the history of summer blockbusters and that's what we're talking about all this month is uh summer blockbusters and kind of how that whole trend got started because you know I mean we have stuff like Transformers today we have all the Marvel movies like all that shit comes out in the summer and uh th- these movies are kind of the reason why and so you kinda have to talk about Greece I never wanted to John, I wanted to keep this from you I wanted to keep you pure You wanted have to shelter you... me from the world? I was trying to shelter you from a Greece, Greece world ah. So. So let's talk a little bit about how you managed to not see Grease, because I, I want to know how. Like, I, I wish that you would have told me how to avoid seeing this movie. Okay, um, well, we'll go ahead and start by saying I'm generally not a big fan of musicals. It doesn't matter where it takes place or when it takes place, if it's on stage or on screen, I am generally not attracted to those types of uh, entertainment mediums. <laughs> Right, and I know that about you. This has always been a point of contention with us because, I mean, I was a musical theater major at one time. Don't hit me, Dad. Um, (laughs) and, uh... (laughs) you know so i've always liked musicals you've always been meh on them you like Rocky horror picture show though so that's cool rocky horror picture show is like a unique curio among musicals i think because yes it is a musical and yes it, it does fit a lot of the tropes that i don't really find appealing in other musicals but not completely it's it's off the wall enough to almost be like I I can almost interpret it as a sort of musical parody. Like, is it a musical? Yes, it is. But it's not, like, a conventional musical. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. This is, um... I don't even know if I would call this a conventional musical. (laughs) Because, like, the thing I've always hated about this movie is, like, the the musical numbers feel so inorganic. Huh. Like, there's no lead-up to them happening. Like, it's... Like, it it feels like Grease... Almost doesn't want to be a musical necessarily, but they just throw the songs in there where they can. Right, it's almost like uh, the Outsiders with music and uh, Broadway just kind of slathered on top like a creamy sauce. Yeah, like a a garlic aioli. Mmm, love me some garlic aioli though yeah garlic aioli is i i hope that garlic aioli like just replaces mayonnaise at some point because do we even need mayonnaise anymore i think it depends on what it's on if it's on like a like a ham and swiss sandwich like yeah that's all right uh you can use mayonnaise as a uh like a shortening kind of thing you know you can put it on the outside of bread and make a grilled cheese with it and that's okay too you can cook it like you would cook butter yeah see i i can't bring myself to do the grilled cheese thing with mayo, like, I always do it with butter. Uh, like, there's there's a specific brand that's really good for it. Um, like, it's like this, uh, this super creamy, like, Irish salted butter. Ah, uh, okay. And it's, like, hella good for making grilled cheese sandwiches. Interesting. Okay, I might have to give that a shot. Uh, uh does it also work in my hair? Can I do that greased back thing with that Irish butter? Um, you technically could... I just wouldn't go outside because you might attract animals because the heat is going to literally cook your hair. You know what, though? Uh, Do you remember in high school we had that uh, lit teacher senior year who was bald but used to have, like, crazy hair because he was a big punk rocker back in the day? Oh, You know exactly who I'm talking about. Tattoos. I I don't want to say his name, but, like, you know, tattoos, always wore a tie every day, big-ass glasses, always bald. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I know exactly who you're talking about now, and fuck that guy. Okay, yeah, um. <laughs> but he had like liberty spikes at one point back in like the 80s and 90s, but he, they didn't have like real hair gel the way we did now. So he said they used to use egg whites. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember summer, him saying that now. Yeah, it did exactly what you said the butter would do, and it would just like just turn in the summer sun. Ugh. And you smell like hot egg white. That'll that'll get all the punk rock ladies on your dick. Just, oh, yes. hey, does he smell like egg and like he hasn't showered in two weeks? That's your boy. Ah, uh, anyway. yes. Sweating out the booze. Sweating out the booze. I, I'm just imagining the smell of this person. And weirdly enough, I think I know now why some people that were in my life slash are in my life smell the way they do. Anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> You <laughs> um, know what's crazy, though, is that I think that on the progression of, like, counterculture, the greaser thing and the liberty spike punk rock thing are in the same trajectory they're in the same trajectory it's mostly like working class individuals except i'd say punk kind of was infused with um more upper middle class slash uh, upper class people. yeah in the u.s it definitely was yeah because it was kind of like a cultural marker and so that'll always bring out like the wealthy art crowd Yeah. Because, like, uh, that's the thing I think people don't understand about punk. It's like very, like, punk in the art community are very closely knit. Yes. And that's something we could talk about on a completely separate episode. Maybe if we ever do, like, Sid and Nancy or something, that would be cool. Oh, yeah, we could do that. We could do um, Return of the Living Dead, which has huge punk rock vibes oh yeah all george romero movies have it's it's return of the living dead is that george romero it is not it is actually not even related to the george romero movies but it is a common misconception that it is it's basically just um i'm trying to think of like a movie to put in it's it's literally just like danzig and george romero had a baby and that baby was a zombie punk movie i am super into that we'll have to do it at some point it's super interesting yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do it next time. Uh, I let you pick the movies. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Anyway, let's get back to Greece. Um, so John, did you have a favorite scene in the movie? Did you have a favorite musical number? Is that possible? Um, yeah. I, I the carnival scene was good, but it was kind of annoying. And this is kind of like a I was talking to my wife about this and how like toxic that relationship became in the end of the movie between <laughs> yeah. Danny and uh, uh, Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. Sandy um <laughs> so it good yeah Yeah. sure it looked good it, it was pretty feel good but then when you think about what's actually happening and then it just like repeats and repeats and repeats and there's really no variation in the music itself which is a problem i saw in a lot of the scenes where the music never sounds all that different it all is in a very similar vein and i don't know if that is on purpose or if it's just trying to capture the feel or whatever because i i guess that early rock and roll kind of music didn't Mm -hmm. really have all that much variation it was really primitive as far as rock music is concerned so it was a fledgling style of music yeah and i think that's the part of greece that's like kind of lost to history is that it in some ways it is trying to uh parody like that you know like 1950s like uh, teen beach movie kind of shit yeah and like it works to varying degrees and it, i it's that's not a part of film history i'm particularly interested in like i think there's much more interesting things happening in 50s cinema specifically mm. in like the sci-fi and horror aspect but ah uh, yeah I your mean, boy ed wood your boy ed wood your boy uh bella lagosi oh god i can't wait to get back to halloween but anyway yeah. um yeah it's <sighs> Grease, just on the whole, for me, does not work. It's, okay. It seems very inorganic. It's a very loose plot. And the, the thing that it is based on, Um, I, I've actually seen a live production of Grease, like the original, like unfiltered and not inspired by the movie version. And it actually makes more sense. And the, like, symbolism and the, um, I, I guess, like, how should I say this? um, The parody and the satire work better i don't Hmm. know why it doesn't translate to film as well because the the thing that it's based on is film so you would think that film would be the natural medium to pull that satire off and i don't know if it's just because i'm not familiar enough with it or if i'm or if it's just not a good parody or satire because it doesn't really make any sense like the whole movie like nothing happens it's 1950s napoleon dynamite musical okay i I see where you're going with that it is truly just the love story and there's really nothing else going on like they're trying to fix the car i guess that's a subplot but they don't even really do anything with that there's just a couple of musical numbers around the car and then there's like the rival gang that doesn't really go anywhere other than the race and i guess they're fixing up the car to go to the race but they also just hang out in the car i i I don't know it doesn't really make a lot of sense like you said it's kind of nonsensical um To answer your question from earlier, I don't think I really have a favorite scene. It was all kind of monochromatic to me in that it all Mm -hmm. looked... It looks good. Like, it looks visually appealing. It has, like, a quality about it that is desirable, but it's just... It doesn't go anywhere. It's like like eating your favorite sub sandwich, but instead of it being a 6-inch or an 8-inch or even a 12-inch, it's like a 36-inch. Yeah. And you're like, like this, this was cool for the first few bites and like by the time i finished the first reasonable sandwich portion i'm just like oh god there's another one and another one after that i'm going to be eating this for lunch for the next three days and i don't know if that's what i wanted exactly i did not think this through you really marathon that one feel-good 50s like vibe and it's like okay the, uh, when you go to six flags over georgia and they have the uh, shake rattle and roll egg scrambler ride thing you're like that's the amount of 50s feel-good rock and roll culture. Caliph- that I need condensed into like a three-minute ride right I yeah and th- that's the thing is like I think 50s like 50s counterculture is interesting but like the 50s like you know like preppy culture like I, I guess I hate using words like this but like normie culture quote-unquote sure it's like really boring and like you know it's it's not as wholesome as like you know like leave it to beaver and things like that would have you believe because, and I think Grease does a somewhat adequate job of showing that because it is super sexual for no reason. It like, really is. Honestly, I don't think I've watched a movie that made men just look like a heat-seeking missile with truck nuts hanging off the back of it like this movie did. Like, it literally it, just made men out to be, like, killer bees that are just hunting for poo Dude, and it... And, it, and like i guess that's just the culture i don't know if that's like part of the satire that i'm not getting because it feels kind of icky yeah from, like from a it, now standpoint yeah i feel like it robbed a lot of the characters of important like developments because like they're truly just doing that the whole movie with the exception of maybe danny but even when he's around his friends he's like that yeah so- And like he changes a little bit and like the only character that changes like dramatically is Sandy and the way that she like changes herself is to make herself more appealing to Danny to make their relationship based on nothing work. Right. And that is toxic as fuck. So it's not a good transition. Like I feel like they could have done more for that relationship and for those characters and made it more interesting. But they really just didn't. They let them be the same people until they kind of swap places at the end. And they're like, oh, you changed for me. And like that, that's... But they that's like two minutes of the movie. It's an hour so, and 50 minute movie. It's like some sort of weird, um, fucked up, misogynistic, Gift of the Magi. I, I don't even know. It's... It's a special breed. It, it's what I. It's everything I don't like about musicals, except that it's a change of pace and that it's like it takes place in California, I think, and it's got like uh, this subculture and the music sounds like 50s rock. I'm like, okay, that's cool, because I'm used to it being like taking place in New York, written by New Yorkers, performed by New Yorkers about New York. That's what I'm used to seeing in musicals and this is a bit of a departure from that, but it's just it, it retains all of the like monochromatic elements kind of like I touched on earlier. Yeah, and it it's just like the whole thing just makes me upset because it I just I don't understand why so many people love this movie. And like don't get me wrong. It, it, if you're listening and you love Grease, Th- that's great. I don't think you're a bad person. I don't think that you're wrong or that your taste is shit. I just don't get it, and I- I'm John over here also does not get it. No. So we're we're in the same boat. Um. I'm sure you guys don't agree with us on all movies but like this is always like especially like coming from the theater community like not liking grease is like almost like saying you don't like you know the wizard of oz or casablanca or like you know you don't like cheese it's almost like a year ago all of those things except the cheese applied to me yeah and now you now now you're getting caught up and you're you're digesting cinema in a different way than you used to yes. which is which you will find is both awesome and horrifying because it'll make you not enjoy the simple things in cinema. You know what? Maybe that's what this is. Maybe this is one of those simple things that once you've really gotten into, like digging through movies you don't really see a lot of value in it like yeah this looks good but like uh is it it's like eating a mcdonald's cheeseburger like when you're a kid and you're like oh yeah we're gonna go to mcdonald's yes sweet and then you're like ah that was cool and then you get older and you're like you have a more refined palate you've experienced more food and you're like yeah mcdonald's will do because i forgot to pack a lunch today but i'm not looking forward to paying ten dollars for it yeah no i absolutely not McDonald's needs to be put back in its place, yes, back in the fifties, where it belongs, like this movie, yes, exactly and the weirdest thing about this movie to me is like it's like some of the music doesn't sound fifties inspired some of it sounds very seventies like especially the um the opening number sung by Frankie Valley hmm. it sounds so 70s. like and I'm talking about like the thing that's over like the little cartoon like um introduction of the movie, mm-hmm. That is sung by Frankie Valley and it sounds so 70s that it hurts. Like, it does not sound like it's from the 50s. You know what's crazy, though, is that that opening sequence was one of the most appealing parts of the movie to me. Like, I liked that. I liked the way it looked. I liked the way it felt. It, at first, it was, like, some kind of weird, like, Garfield-looking thing. Like, Jim Davis was just gonna come out and be like, Hi, right, Garfield, are you real? I don't know. And, like, it... <laughs> i don't know that's a good thing for me that felt really good and i was like okay so this is kind of adult kind of childish it kind of rides the line between like cartoons are for kids but the subject matter is for adults and that's like what the movie's about i think yeah it's 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 a coming of age story that doesn't really know where it wants to go with that message yeah yeah um also the opening beach scene i feel like i've seen that scene a hundred thousand times it's in airplane it's in, like, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. There's, like, the running down the beach. You haven't been to the West Coast before, but there are beaches that actually look like that. Some of them are really nice, and you can enjoy your yourself like you see in the movie. And other ones have, like, 14 different people living on that beach. So, like, it, yeah, it's it's an experience that's relatable for me. And I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's really nice. I've been to a beach like that. That's really nice. But, like, other times you're just like, oh, wow, I didn't step on any needles today. <laughs> oh god yeah i hate that opening scene like like it, i guess it's important to the story to understand that they met there mm-hmm. but god does it feel so out of place like because it goes from that to the cartoon thing and then to high school and it's yeah. just like what the fuck just happened i don't know man i don't know I, I think return to trauma high is probably just as good of a high school movie <laughs> sure um <laughs> anyway um just just to keep this moving along um i, I would say that my sole favorite scene slash sequence in the whole movie is the uh the alone at the drive the drive-in sequence where danny is just like you know roaming through the through the drive-in and like you know singing about how he misses sandy because he just tried to rape her i was gonna say he definitely tried to cop a feel and she didn't go for it and like it it turned around so fast like there are so many ups and downs in that sequence and like i'm left with my head spinning like what on earth did i just watch like what's going on yeah he's like oh man i didn't get to touch her boobies and now she's mad at me what did i do (laughs) right and again like you said earlier like maybe that's a time and place thing and that's just kind of how it was but looking back on it it's like uh Hi. All you had to do is literally not that. All you had to do is literally read cues from another person. Like it's Yeah, it's, like she's she is obviously not into this. Right. And if you're um, not and if you're not into her not being into it, then you're not into her. Yeah. And Period. again with the like men truly just being like a like a rocket with like testicles on it, uh, it's just <laughs> like I it's monochromatic. It's all kind of the same flavor, the same thing. You would think you would have some character development up to that point, and it really doesn't seem to happen because he's not even with anyone else. Like, he's not even being influenced by his friends. He's just being a tool. Yeah, and, like, that's the thing. is, like, they all, they're all, like, these best buds, but, like, I feel like none of them even know the other one's last name. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like it's that kind of friend group, where they are truly just friends because, like, they had a class together and someone said something funny and they all laughed, and then they were like, we're also starved for... for friendship and then now they're a friend i i guess i i don't know i remember being the guy with the car you know i feel like you and i were like the first two people in our circle of friends to have cars yep and then like everybody else was like well they have cars so we should probably figure this out right exactly and it took a while but they eventually did uh one of our buddies had that beat up infinity sedan in that like midnight plum color uh you remember oh, what yeah. friend i'm talking about yes i do. ah uh, yes yes that was a good one uh oh we had another friend with the danger ranger uh that green pickup truck <laughs> and i had a uh, a durango oh, i remember the durango i forgot you drove that for a little bit yeah i did and then it exploded and then i got i got my little kia Ah, yeah. And then that's exactly what happened to me. I drove the Volvo, the silver Volvo of Twilight fame. Uh, although it was a 97 and yes. uh <laughs> so it, it did it, not look like edward collins no 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 uh, i mean he was alive in the 90s actually i i don't know i don't know enough about that he probably was I, he had to have been he's like 100 years old right yeah he was born in like the 1800s ah uh, yeah so plausible plausible he could have driven the 98 or 97 honda uh not honda i keep mixing my cars up Yeah, the, the 97 volvo he could have very well have driven a 97 volvo if he's been a volvo man his whole life you know now that i'm thinking about that like how does he pull that off because like volvo's probably came out around in like what the probably like 1960s 70s i truly and... don't know okay let's just pretend that so they've lived in the same area like forever so does that mean he's been buying volvo's from the same place since the 1970s and he still looks the same and like no one asks any questions you know what maybe i don't know we're really off base now uh um... <laughs> we are we are super we are off so base. far off base. <laughs> Um, anyway, let's, let's bring it on back. Let's, uh, let's get some go-go booze lightning going. And John, give us that, that sweet, sweet booze to make this movie just go away. Okay, cool. So uh, there's a bit of drinking that goes on in the movie. Uh, they're drinking beer. Okay, classic. Um, they're drinking punch at the, the party, the, uh, American bandstand, uh, where, oh, I can't remember that one guy's name. He just carries around the booze bottle and just splashes some in the punch bowl like that's going to do anything. Thing. i i might have talked about this on the podcast before but at one point i was friends with someone and we got on like a like a some kind of discussion about alcohol and like how this person hadn't drank before and they're like yeah i'm just really worried about going to like you know parties and stuff and somebody spiking my drink with vodka and i'm like okay there's a few problems with this first off the amount of vodka they would have to put into one drink to get you lit is not gonna be something you can just overlook doesn't work like that um also if you're that worried about people doing that stuff you just probably shouldn't go to parties because there's way worse shit that can happen to you at a party oh yeah for sure i mean like i I, i'd I'd be more worried about someone putting like some sort of like pill in my drink yeah like that's that's much more worrying and the fact that women or men even have to worry about things like that is fucking awful if you're the type of person that puts stuff in people's drinks fuck you you should be dead anyway interesting take i kind of agree um so (laughs) let's move on enjoy the cocktail for the cocktail's sake so i was thinking about doing punch for this one and uh didn't really want to go that route because they don't really explore that at all However, they spend a lot of time in the malt shop I'm into that malt shop vibe uh, what, what is that oh, restaurant yeah. that they have? Uh, Johnny Rockets uh, You ever go to the Johnny Rockets? Johnny Rockets, I've, I think I've been to it once I think like on Christmas Eve Of all times to go to Johnny Rocket's. Yeah, it's like a steak and shake, but more expensive. It's like a steak and shake, but it sucks and it's more expensive. Yes. Yes. It is Uh, much more atmosphere than substance. Yes, exactly. Steak and shake lowers the price, so you get more of a a value out of it, you know? Because, like, the food's all right. It's pretty cheap. There you go. That's what you're looking for in a restaurant like this. Uh, but it's it's all about the malt shop vibe. So I thought maybe we'll make like a milkshake cocktail. So for this week, I made a drink called the malt shop hop. Ooh you yeah. are going so to do the malt make, shop pop Kind of like that uh, You serve it in a jukebox uh, You just crack a hole <laughs> in the top of the jukebox And pour booze in it And the way you get it out is by hitting it with your elbow And then combing your hair That's the only yeah. way to get it out of there Exactly, exactly um, So you're actually going to do this in like a milkshake glass You know one of those big tall ones Ooh. Yeah that's what this is designed for There's a lot of ingredients so you're going to have to bear with me So first two things you're going to do You're going to take a cocktail shaker You're going to put an ounce of blackstrap rum And an ounce of vodka in there shake it with ice strain it into an ice filled glass cool then you're gonna take your other ingredients so you're gonna take uh, an ounce of lime juice an ounce of pineapple juice half an ounce of grenadine, half an ounce of sweet vermouth half ounce of egg white and a quarter ounce of maraschino cherry juice And you're gonna combine those in the shaker with ice, and you're gonna shake them real good, real good for like 20 seconds or so. Set it to the side, let it rest a little bit. Take some Coca Cola, pour that in the glass with the liquor that you've already mixed up, leaving at least an inch in the top of the glass where there's no ice, no drink. You want that headroom for the effect. So then you're gonna take your shaker back up, you're gonna shake it again for the second time, and you're gonna lightly strain it over the back of a bar spoon into the glass as it fills up you're going to see that the liquid part separates to the bottom and the foamy head comes to the top now that's why you're going to shake it as much as you're going to shake it because the more you shake an ingredient like pineapple juice or egg white the more foam you're going to get and the more uh like mixed together the foam is going to be it's going to separate out in a nice little kind of visual effect so it's it's pretty cool if you do it right Mm. and while that might seem kind of extra it's worth it i i could see how that would be so definitely like killing a baby level shake this thing okay i don't like the angle you took on that but uh <laughs> a, a, yeah a, redacted We're, <laughs> redacted we, uh, so no i would say a, a healthy 40 seconds total of shaking is gonna be fine split into two parts <laughs> split into two parts just like uh the aforementioned uh twilight breaking dawn is that the last one i don't know i uh, we're doing this again i think maybe this has (laughs) just as much substance as twilight does oh yeah exactly i mean it's I, I I would like to think that this cocktail is probably better. Please continue. I am so sorry. Okay, well, that's pretty much the end of the cocktail, and I think you are onto something with Twilight there. I, I feel like this is really just a, uh, the same kind of trope with that. It's like boy meets girl story, you know, and then he turns out to be different because he's a vampire or he's a, a, a weird greaser lady hater. <laughs> just i mean like danny seems to be like other other than the incident at the drive-in seems to respect women the most out of the movie that's a scary thought that is a terrifying thought because like i mean like yeah he did try and grope sandy but like every other woman that offered him sex in the entire movie he was like no i'm okay thank you yeah there is an awful lot of that going on and you know growing up i used to think like man people these days are so disgusting nobody's like you know uh nobody's a romantic anymore because that's what you think when you're 14 and you've just read books and you've never you know done anything else with your whole life and then you get to be an adult and you're like nope um we're just a bunch of apes that like to fuck yeah exactly that that always that is that is your sole purpose in this universe is just to fuck yeah survive and bang survive and bang so anyway we were banging um oh god well thank you john i i'm looking forward to trying this one um it's that it sounds very malt shoppy and i think that you unlike this movie really got the feel of that
1: thanks thanks with the
0: zero substance of the movie thanks i said you did better than the movie i i john your role here is appreciated and we love you thanks (laughs) me and all the producers yes Um, so you yeah so me i love you john all right um speaking of someone who i may or may not love let's welcome our good buddy frank synopsis to tell us about this fucking movie frank how you doing hey i'm doing just fine i'm really glad to be here today on time for once you are on time you are you were in the studio you were patiently waiting by your microphone I appreciate it so, Frank, how are you doing today? I'm doing just fine. I'm really glad to have covered this movie because Grease is one of my favorite movies and also one of my favorite food groups. Ah, fair enough. Um, I'm sure the dumpsters in New York are filled with just greasy shit. Um, so, if you like this movie, Frank. Uh, you, you were alive during the time period that this happened. Uh, how accurate is it to, like, late 50s lifestyle? Well, I think that uh, there's a little bit too much uh, human interaction going on. There's not enough missiles with truck nuts dangling off the back of them that is fair. <laughs> did you um did you ever meet a Danny Zuko type character in real life, Frank? Mm, well, I definitely met a few people who tried to cop a feel and uh, I did not appreciate that very much oh it's, but yeah for sure i understand um get, getting getting touched when you don't feel like it is not a great feeling oh no they did not touch enough oh jesus christ once again frank i'm going to rush you out of here Um, uh, please give us your synopsis and then make your way to grab your money off the table and get on the bus back to central park all right here we go Danny zuko and sandy olsen meet on the beach in the summer of 1958 she's an australian good girl he's her all-american bad boy at the end of the summer they part ways but never stop dreaming of each other then one day a bright high they meet once more. Will their summer lovin' be Grease Lightning or just another beauty school dropout? Grease the world. It's Grease is the word. Grease is the word? Grease is the word. Everybody knows that the Grease is the word. Dear God, get the fuck out of here. Alright, I'll see you later. <laughs> Alrighty. John, are you back with us? Yeah, I... Frank, he took his money off the table and then I tried to grab my thing off the table and it just slid away from my grip because there's just too much grease on the table now because he's so greasy. Yeah, I mean, his favorite things are fried chicken and fried raccoon bits and, you know, liver. So I really don't understand how he's that old. Like, I, there, there, there's something about that generation that just does not die and I don't understand. Are you talking about the generation born between, like, 1835 and 1850? Yes. Oh, okay, I see. You know what I also thought about while watching this movie? Because it takes place in 1958, and, like, a lot of, like, the teachers and shit look like they're, like, you know... 40 50 maybe even 60 years old Mm -hmm. in 1958 you could have had a very real good chance that one of your teachers was born in the 1800s well think about this zach uh when it gets to be 2058 we will have been born in the 20th century and it will be the same thing oh no no no. i'm i'm fully aware I, i i just feel like that won't be as weird because like i mean unless technology just like gets rapidly better but i feel like with some technology we're kind of at a like a breaking point so i feel like it won't be quite the same like just like living in the 1700s wasn't super different from living in the 1800s i don't think living in the 20th century is going to be that different from living in the 21st century hmm. if you know what i'm saying like i feel like there's always a gap like because like i said 1700 1800s eh, kind of the same uh 1900s and 2000s and eh, kind of the same 20 and 2100 completely different Okay, okay. I I, kind of see what you mean there. Um, I I think it bears mentioning that there were Civil War veterans alive, like, up until World War II. Yeah, I mean, and that's crazy. Yeah, like, it really, like, we like to think that it's all segmented out into different centuries or different decades, but it really just doesn't work like that. There's a lot of bleed over. There 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 is a lot of bleed over. It's kind of like when you get a steak and then, like, the blood from the steak kind of gets in your mashed potatoes and you're like, Fuck! You say fuck, I say, mmm. Ugh. I've never understood the, the blood thing, especially, like, in Europe. Like, they eat, like, the, like, that, like, pig's blood pudding thing. Oh, yeah, black pudding, which is not a pudding at all. It comes in, like, a loaf and you cut it off. Yep, and then, like, um, uh, I just learned recently uh, in some Asian countries they eat something similar to black pudding, but it's duck blood. Oh, that's fun. Uh, a lot greasier than other types, I guess. Yeah, I'm just, ugh. We'll have to ask Frank what he thinks of duck. I imagine there's plenty of it around Central Park there's plenty of ducks in central park but i think that they're actually protected in some way like i don't think you can kill them Oh, okay you say protected how protected from frank um well i think frank is his own separate entity and like he has his own set of rules ah so he's like a micronation (laughs) he's like the the chaz or the chop yes Of central park he's a one-man chaz i hate everything i hate i hate this podcast i hate this world we've created <laughs> we're giving we're giving it so much more clarity by giving it real world examples and we're gonna have it. like a like a wiki like a fandom you know oh that would be awesome actually because like i would love to see people think way more about something i said than i did yes it's so awesome it's like you know when i think about you know movies or like specific scenes and i'm like oh my god this means so much and i i i can't even believe that you would that, that someone would think about something like this and it's like and then the director or the writer's just like yeah i just wanted to get titties in there somehow yeah or like yeah this was the cheapest way we could have done it and that's why we did that and the fact that you think it's artful just proves that uh we should not be making the kind of money that we make right art is we, dead. we are lying to you art and god are dead that is the that is the thesis of greece i okay. go, go for it just slay art, slay queen art and god is dead a retrospective look at greece I, you're gonna get an a plus in your uh, in your in your cinema class uh yeah in the cinema class that i attend by myself taught by myself where i just watch horror movies from the 60s just on repeat <laughs> love it i love it all right so i'm gonna t- i have some info that i want to share with you guys about greece because i think it's important to understand how this movie got where it was because it's kind of interesting i will try and move through it as quickly as possible so let's start with the basic facts of the film so it was directed by randall Kleiser, who also directed big top Pee Wee. the screenplay was by bront woodward who unfortunately died two years after this movie was released Of a hernia related liver failure Interesting So uh, I'm gonna guess you have a hernia so big That your liver just slides through your abdominal wall That was a great thing I actually, that was a typo (laughs) Okay I'm gonna gonna take that back (laughs) Alright, screenplay by Bront Woodward Who unfortunately died two years after this movie was released Due to a hepatitis related liver failure Ah, I see So uh, his liver didn't slide through his abdominal wall no, it did not. It was just, you know, just, just hepatitis. Hepatitis is real bad. It'll do weird shit to your body. I'm sure it was worse in the 70s. Oh, it had to be way worse in the 70s because, uh, what wasn't there like a giant penicillin shortage in the 70s? Honestly, I don't even think hepatitis is bacterial, so, like, you were just kinda on your own. Oh, okay. I thought, I thought for some reason penicillin helped with hepatitis, but I, I, I could be wrong. I think it's another one of the STDs or something Honestly, like though, another. uh, yeah, eating bread mold to cure your disease sounds like some weird homeopathic stuff but uh, it's real I guess I guess some some non-science is still science. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Greece is based on Greece the musical by Jim Jacobs and Warren Casey, and it starred John Travolta as Danny Zuko, Olivia Newton-John as Sandy D. Olson, Jeff conway as Kenickie, Stalker Channing as Rizzo, and Sid O'Con as Frenchie. I I think these are pretty eclectic characters. I like characters with single names, you know. So Kenickie and Rizzo, Frenchie, uh, Seal, Seal, yeah. I- Again with this we're, we're <laughs> just a seal prince prince yeah of course prince um i <laughs> we should have had prince in the movie i think i think the movie could have done better with prince in it well you see then we would be doing the thing where uh, i'm not gonna go there i'm not gonna I, people like prince don't really make much of an appearance in this movie no, yeah um yeah and I that mean, works in many many different senses we i mean yeah the, the the elephant in the room here is that this, this if there was a white people the movie this is it it probably is i think i i calculated a grand total of one not white guy unless you're counting um what's her name cha-cha yeah, yeah, yeah i guess yeah. she's latina or she's spanish i'm not really sure which one it is right 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 and um i guess if you count italians which i don't Ah, right. um, I don't think you count Italians as people. uh, No, 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 no. That's not what it is. Please don't do that. I have Italian family now. Um, (laughs) It's more (laughs) like, it's more like, um, they, they, like, they play up, like, Italians in the movie to be, um, like, like an ethnic group. Right. And it's not, that's not necessarily the case. It's it's a culture for sure that you can belong to, but I don't think it's an ethnicity. Or at least it's not recognized as such. Well, it's very different from being uh, Irish, I guess. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw no Irish people in the whole movie. Right, right, right. Or at least off the boat Irish people. You know, I guess you can just be Irish. I don't know. Uh, We have an (laughs) Australian. We do have an Australian and uh, she could be any number of things. Uh, Mostly Anglo-Saxon. Anyway. And a prisoner. And a prisoner. <laughs> That's why she's just trying to make up for all the horrible things she did to have to be, like, you know, sentenced to Australia. Right, anyway. I don't think we're that far back in history, but, you know, close enough. All right, anything we just talked about aside. Um, This movie was distributed by Paramount Pictures. It was released on June 16th, 1978, with a budget of $6 million and a box office return of $396 million. That's a bit of a turnaround, uh, a lot like Jaws yeah i mean it's a big turnaround like you're, you're gonna see like as this uh trend goes on um all the way up until about very recently like late 2000s early 2010s like they would actually spend less money on these things but have a way bigger turnaround because th- that was kind of the formula was to create hype around this one little thing and then blow it the fuck up i see i see uh so they're just taking advantage of the fact that all the kids are out of school and they're looking for something to do and Mm -hmm. uh you know maybe people at work are not you know doing all their stuff maybe like seasonal employment i don't know Uh, there's got to be an economic reason why the blockbuster happens it's it's a phenomenon and it's something that continues today but now people like expect so much production value that they pour like hundreds of millions of dollars in the movies, but they know they're going to make a billion back. Right. So it's, it's, it's a different game now. I think. Right. Except for, uh, what is it? Uh, Phoenix rising. What was that? One X-Men movie, dark Phoenix oh yeah that was i i think that was a miscalculation um th- that movie came out during the whole fox disney merger so i think like i think probably a lot of the creative team on it kind of got pulled as it was going because mm. they were probably being taken to other projects so I, I mean i don't i think that movie was completely derailed and suffered because of that merger ah uh, yeah i i I've seen all of the X-Men movies so far, except for Logan, I think. I don't know. That's not this movie. We we gotta go. Yeah, we gotta go. We gotta go. Um, Alright, so, like I said before, Grease is based on Grease the Musical, which appeared at the Kensington Knights Nightclub in Chicago in 1971. The Chicago version features a completely different songbook and references to Chicago instead ah. of California. Uh, the early versions of the show had a, had much more profanity and much more fleshed out characters. Uh, when you say fleshed out, you mean like they were groping on each other somehow more? Probably, yes. And th- this is what I'm saying, like, there was a little more satire built into the story here, mm-hmm. but, you know, nevertheless. So, the, the 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 Chicago version is completely different from even the Broadway version, which premiered off-Broadway on February 14th, 1972 at the Arden Theater, and it was uh, actually nominated for seven Tony Awards. Ah, nice. Year. So, is that just where the guy named Tony gets up on the stage like, yeah, I really like this one over here. This musical was really good. Uh, yeah, you're gonna get a Tony. You're gonna get a Tony. That's me. I come to your house now. Yeah, it's just a sandwich. He gives you an Italian hero sandwich. I can't think of anything more New York unless it had pastrami and Swiss on it. Mm. Anyway, the production then moved to Broadway on June 7th, 1972. Um, It started at one theater and then it moved to the Royale Theater on November 21st, 1972, where it stayed until January 27th, 1980. It then moved one final time to the much larger Majestic Theater, for five final weeks and ended its Broadway run on April thirteenth, nineteen eighty, after three thousand three hundred and eighty-eight performances. Nice. So you get paid a dollar for every time you're in the musical, and you come out with about thirty-eight hundred or thirty-four hundred bucks. Nice for eight years of work, even in like nineteen seventies to like eighty standards, that is fucking disgusting. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, they probably weren't making a dollar. They were probably making like an absurd amount of money. God, they they were probably making like about like twenty bucks a night, probably. That's pretty good. Let's do some quick math there. Uh, Three thousand times twenty, so uh, that's like sixty thousand. Yeah, but like it, th- there were different casts too. Like I mean, like the the thing kind of switched out every once in a while because Broadway is weird, where like they they'll switch people out just because they think people are bored, and like if you put someone new in the lead, it might bring more people back. Ah, I see. Like, I gotta go see this thing, but now with different actors. Could you imagine if they did that with movies? Like, if they re release Star Wars every eight years with, like, new lead characters? Um, let's not pretend like they don't do that. Well, it's almost like they do. It's and almost have. like... It's almost like they do and have, and we're in a rut right now. Anyway, so um Grease was actually the longest-running Broadway musical for a very short amount of time. Uh, a Chorus Line surpassed it in 1983, and then, of course, uh, you know, Phantom, Phantom of the Opera came around and just fucked it all up for everybody. It's still running, and I don't know why. Right, so you got Andrew Lloyd Webber sitting at the seat of the organ built into the building, and the musical's been going on so long that his butt flesh is just like stuck to the bench yes you can smell his butt pastrami asshole when you walk into the theater like the gas for the organ is his own so like he plays the organ in the room just fills up with noxious gas gross <laughs> All right, let's talk a little bit about From Stage to Screen. So John Travolta had played Danny Zuko on the touring cast of Grease, and he landed the role in the film thanks to his previous hit film, Saturday Night Fever, and Grease having the same producers. Hmm. And uh, similarly, Jeff Conway had played Zuko on Broadway. Um, interesting don't know anything about that don't know anything about that either um just good job he made it from the stage to the screen which was exactly what she wanted to do back in the day um olivia newton john's nationality actually had to be written into the movie because in the musical she is not australian i see it, it's kind of a uh, like a like a herring it just doesn't really make any sense i think like other than she said she was gonna go back to australia it could have been anywhere she didn't have to be australian exactly it's it's so weird dude it's so weird um the movie also had a deal with pepsi and that's why you see like the pepsi can like in the opening like little cartoon thing um they, there was actually a big problem with this because in one of the diner scenes they had used coca-cola branding ah and so pepsi actually ordered them to either reshoot the scenes or obstruct the coca-cola imagery and you can actually see it like in the back right corner i noticed i noticed it was blurred and had no idea what was going on i was like what is this vulgar imagery inside of the the diner. <laughs> it's it's so weird. Like, and uh, admittedly, like I forgot about it, so I didn't notice it on this watch around. But it. But once you know that it's there, it's hard to not see it. It's like a pinup centerfold framed on the wall, so you can just see it while you're eating your burger and be like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> nice." yeah it is so weird dude like i i don't even know what's going on anymore with this movie i hate it um but something kind of cool actually that i've learned um there's actually an editing error at the end of the film Hmm. um so in the original like the the idea here was that there was Danny and Sandy were supposed to be like making the fuck out as the car is driving off into heaven or wherever the fuck they're going right but due to like an editing error this was actually left out of the theatrical run and back in the day when they used to edit these things they had to like you know splice the actual negatives and the film reels and that like the actual colorized version that they shot of them like making the fuck out was lost ah so they did make out but as far as you know the record goes it didn't happen as far as the record goes it didn't happen so but luckily there's a black and white negative that still existed and so the idea was to once colorization became you know more like became better in about the 1990s they would recolor it and splice it back into the film well they tried this i think about two or three times and it just hasn't gotten right like the colors either look too good or too washed out Mm -hmm. and so they just haven't found the right person to recolorize this thing and so it's been released like the color like the black and white and the colorized version of them making the fuck out like on several like dvd and blu-ray releases but it's never been spliced back into the film because it doesn't look exactly right and they're hoping to actually have this completed by the 50th anniversary of the film in 2028. Interesting. 2028. So how long did they set that date for? Like, were they just chilling out in 1997 and be like, Hey, you know what's It's probably going to be good, uh, like, 30 years from now. We're going to do the uh, the splice back in. Yeah, and uh, I just can't believe that they wanted to do this. So bad. Like, they want it so bad, apparently. Like, this just the way it was supposed to be seen. The original intended cut, the... I, who cares? Like, this is just the way the movie is now. Like, you can't just go back and be like, lost footage, it's literally just 20 seconds of them sucking face in the flying car. Yeah, it's like, I, I absolutely don't care. Like, it's not like there's like a lost scene where like, they they have like actual legit unsimulated sex or something like that. Like, it's not something cool, so I don't care. Yeah, I just don't know why they made such a big deal out of this. They probably could have just done CGI at this point. I mean, they wouldn't have had to wait the extra eight years. Our CGI is pretty good now, right? Yeah, but, I i mean, like, can you imagine how much money it must have costed to, like, you know, put Princess Leia at the end of Rogue One? Like, can you imagine how much money that costed? Now, try and put it just to put young John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John's sucking face. Yeah, I really think that a CGI young John Travolta is just gonna look like beautiful Squidward from the SpongeBob cartoon series. <laughs> I just... I don't think that we should make an animated, like, real-life, like, Uncanny Valley version of John Travolta. Because I you feel like it'll just come to life and be even weirder than real-life John Travolta. I see where you're going with that. Um, I think it's, like, creating, like, a doppelganger or some kind of digital homunculus. Homunculus. <laughs> homunculus. Did you just make that word up now? No, that's a real thing. It's, it's where... Uh, are we gonna get into homunculus right now? <laughs> I've never heard this term I'm deeply fascinated If if memory serves A homunculus is like a tiny copy of a person That you make through witchcraft But you have to grow it with someone's cum Oh, okay Yeah, so you steal someone's cum And you make a homunculus Or you grow a homunculus with it So it's basically a stem cell research project Slash like an actual child of that person Yeah, this is like a 15th century stem cell project Yes that is disgusting. Um, speaking of things that are, like, kind of weird with this movie, um, the, the Elvis line in, uh, Look at Me, I'm Sandra D," like, that whole sequence, like, where mm-hmm. she's talking about Elvis, that was actually filmed on the day that Elvis died, August 16th, 1977. Ah, okay. That's um, fucking weird bonkers. Again, with the witchcraft stuff, making a homunculus, filming something, referencing a guy on the day he dies. Maybe they were capturing his energy to give power to the digital homunculus created later to recreate the CGI scene where John Travolta sucks face. <laughs> the, 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 it, the homunculus just thrives off of death and yeah <laughs> that that is how it survives as long as it does yes exactly good god I... you know what uh, makes me wonder though uh, as far as the like 50s rock goes uh, are you more of like an elvis guy or more of like a buddy holly guy or like uh chuck berry what, what, what's what's your flavor there um as far as the 50s go i'm a greatest hits kind of guy like i like it i like hearing where rock and roll came from and like there's there's certain things that i love about it like um uh, earth angel is one of my favorite songs of all time i don't know why it just it, it it'll bring a smile to my face for no reason hmm. and there's i guess i guess i like elvis a lot more than buddy holly um i do enjoy some buddy holly but like i'm not, i've never been into like the whole like rockabilly thing hmm like it's just never been my cup of tea. Just like a uh, math rock has never quite been my cup of tea. Like that's I, quite a comparison there, uh, rockabilly and math rock. Um, I, d- really? Because I feel like I feel like they're at least cousins, like at least third cousins. I I guess if you yes, if you're gonna like compare uh jazz and like trap, then yeah, I guess they're like distant cousins. <laughs> I mean, okay, so like. Rockabilly is kind of like, you know, like that... It's almost like sped-up country music to me. Yeah, that that's a pretty apt thing to say. But, you know, like, to me, like, they all go like... Like, all Rockabilly is kind of like... And then, like, all math rock is... And it's like, how are they not related? Like, I feel like they're at least in the same family of rock. I... I... I think that Math Rock is way more technical than Rockabilly could ever hope to be. Oh, no, 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 for sure, for sure. I mean, it's almost like Rockabilly is you know the 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 super southern boomer and math rock is like their millennial grandson i interesting comparison we, we will not agree on this okay i'm sorry i i i can think of one of our listeners that i know personally that will not agree with this statement at all right <laughs> sorry buddy all right anyway let's move on to uh so we were talking about music so let's talk about the music in this movie uh the soundtrack to the film was the second highest grossing film of 1970 right behind the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever, which was also a John Travolta film. Ah. And it's it's just so weird that like, he, he had like just a just a star-studded you. Like, those were the two biggest movies of 1978. And he never came back. Oh, yeah, and he never came back. We, we, what happened to John Travolta? We don't know. I don't know. Uh, he's good in Pulp Fiction, though. Yeah, he was pretty good. You know, <laughs> Quentin Tarantino pulled him from the, from the depths of obscurity. Oh, God. He's gonna sue us who quentin tarantino no john travolta we're gonna start seeing some uh some church of scientology people taking pictures of our houses oh god that that's a bad feel uh i like john travolta i think his work is really good i would never defame the church of scientology uh we can't afford to get banned on any more platforms (laughs) yeah we can't we're already banned in china and uh anyone that does the c star ovid you know blocking whatever oh, that is right 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 i see what you're doing there yeah because you can't say covid yeah there we go yeah yeah we weren't monetized already i mean we're sponsored by rats (laughs) we're sponsored by uh rats and um used condom insurance companies yeah yeah (laughs) at least it's heavily implied anyway um the only other music thing that i feel like is like really interesting from this movie is that uh you're the one that i want was actually not in the stage musical Hmm. but it has it has been added in in recent years like as recently as like the most recent broadway revival how common is that for them to like not redact things but to like add to musicals later on um with things like this it's pretty common like we like because this there was a movie made out of this and it it was so popular and people really liked this part of the movie when they come to see the stage production of it they're going to expect it to be in there and then when it's not you know you could start having people be angry and tell other people not to come see it so it's kind of like they are almost forced to like throw it in there somewhere because I see, people can't—people can't accept that the, the 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 Broadway musical and the movie are two different things. Right. Okay. I, I'm beginning to see where you're going with that. So. Yeah, and that's that's really it on the music. I, I can't. Like I said, I, I don't spend a lot of time listening to this soundtrack. I'm not really into it um however less than jake did a uh, cover ep of some of the songs from this and it's decent huh uh, um, y- you're a big less than jake fan um you know like uh my fiance's aunt is really into less than jake so i've warmed up to them more than i had in recent years but i mean like they have a couple bangers i mean all my friends are metal heads it's like you know aesthetics for life and uh the science of selling yourself short uh i actually listened to that song a lot my first semester of GSU. I think that uh, there are some Less Than Jake songs that deserve to be in film soundtracks, and they just aren't. Um, because they they have a very like despite despite just being ska, I feel like they have a very unique aesthetic. Yeah. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, Less Than Jake. It's like I was actually surprised to find out they're kind of a punching bag for other people. Like a lot of people like to shit on them a lot, and I'm like. They've been around a long time It's like, it's just like no effects People like to shit on no effects all the time And it's like Can you argue with success though? Unpopular opinion I, I, I also don't like no effects very much And I am very into punk rock See I can understand it But do you like me first in the gimme gimme's? i i'm not gonna lie to you i cannot pull th- what that is off the top of my head um <laughs> me first in the gimme give is basically a couple of members of no effects and um other people on fat mike's uh, fat chord records label um mm-hmm. doing just cover songs where they interpolate other punk songs into those covers ah, so, so like, it's like audio slave for bands that i don't really know anything about yes so it's like they'll interpolate like a ramon song into like a uh, elton john song that's like so, interesting so it'll so like this is not a real example because i couldn't tell you exactly off the top of my head but it would be like them doing the opening to blitzkrieg bop and then going into like crocodile rock okay i see that i'm really more so into the neil Siegra C. C. um stuff <laughs> I think Mouth Sounds is a better version of that. Mouth Sounds should have won a Grammy, and it didn't. It really, though. It, it, it's so culturally relevant, or at least it was at the time of release. Good God. It's such a good album. You know what it's not, though? It's not this movie. Let's, let's wrap this up and talk about the legacy ah. of this film. Uh, so greece was released on vhs in 1979 which means it would actually predate blockbuster the store right not the is, movie type not the movie type this is actually like a couple years after the whole phenomenon and it was released on dvd on september 24th 2002 mm, gotta get that special edition dvd release oh hell yeah like and it's actually one of the best-selling dvds of all time like Everybody has a copy of this movie They're like, I can see the DVD cover art In my head right now Right, and when you open it up there You can't see anything in there Because it's just packed in with like brown axle grease And you have to dig <laughs> through it with your finger To get to the button and release the DVD And pull it out And then you have to clean it off before you put it in your DVD player Because otherwise it will not work again Well yeah, well, see the problem, it's not going to gum it up Is that the grease is actually going to reduce the friction On the disc spinner and it's going to go too fast Good god <laughs> It's, it's also going to cover up the optical reader. It's te- it technically becomes an 8K film at that point, but your DVD player can't handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it just starts burning. <laughs> Grease lightning. Grease um, lightning. That's why they called me that in college. <laughs> You might as well just take a toaster in the bathtub. It's the same thing. I, anyway. I don't think it's the same thing. <laughs> oh, God. All right, so there was actually a sequel produced at this movie and released June 11th, 1982, with no returning cast members and basically no um, correlation to the first film. And uh, it is was met with disdain by critics and the creators of the original theatrical production. However, it has gone on to gain some sort of uh, cult-like status. I saw Grease 2 when I looked this movie up to watch it and i was like there's no way but no there was a way i think they would have done a better uh done better to just redo the story quote-unquote story if there really is a story for the original one and transplant it to another time period so i know this came out in the 80s but if you got like a karate kid aesthetic in the 80s with this i think you could have done something better that would have been cool yeah kind of like a high school musical is the millennial version of this disgusting don't (laughs) don't talk about it i uh, i just I have seen that movie a grand total of one time and was like, nope, that's all I needed of that. I I definitely... And then I saw this and I was like, okay, this has some flavor, I guess. And now that you've brought the two together, I'm beginning to see the error of my ways in giving this movie any quarter. (laughs) It's, um you know they they are essentially the same movie however i will say the cool thing about high school musical is there's actually some cinematic parallels to midsummer in there we cannot talk about witchcraft again <laughs> but no zach efron homunculus can be made oh god please don't let the john travolta and zach efron homunculus meet uh we already got close enough in the hairspray live action movie um no <laughs> they do not Stop. need to meet they will procreate and bring upon the end of times. Don't like it. Um, going on the record saying I don't like that. Um, I it's love, a bad idea. Uh, and love, you know what's crazy, though, is that my next thing I was going to say was this movie was shot in 1978 and it's supposed to take place in 1958. That's a 20-year gap. So if we made it today, our 20-year gap would be the year 2000. And now that I have fully realized that that's exactly what High School Musical is, I'm sad. This is amazing. I, I think I'm, you know, John, I think I'm finally teaching you what depression is. And I'm uh, and I'm so excited for you to come down to my level. We could truly be brothers now, John. I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> oh god speaking of depression uh Grease live was aired on january 31st 2006 and it was a ginormous big old giant dick success and it led to that whole weird live musical production thing huh where like like Grease live was decent and then like none of the other ones were anywhere near okay i it, it's just riding the success they're just riding the flying car like it's the end of greece or harry potter and the chamber of secrets D- that happened at the beginning of the movie but yeah yeah, let's like let's let's talk about that like like why why does the car just go into heaven like because nothing's ever going to be better than high school that's a scary prospect but you know what in 1958 having a high school diploma meant something so maybe that was a little bit more appropriate yeah like because most people dropped out of high school yeah yeah, it was way more common back then yeah it it was i mean they even kind of do that in the movie and that leads to like one of my least favorite sequences of all time which is like the beauty school dropout ah yeah that number where it's just like why is this happening and then it's like never resolved or mentioned again like yet you see her going back to school but that's it we see we see nothing else about what happens to her character after that i think you're beginning to see why i in general don't like watching musicals it's because of stuff like this this number appears in just about every musical that i'm aware of where there's a number where i'm like this this would be made better if they just cut this whole thing (laughs) well for you it's like this would be better if they just didn't do this musical at all okay yeah but there are some parts of them that are entertaining I'm not gonna say that they're not entertaining because they are sometimes and uh, sometimes there's a good number of things in there that are fun to watch and most of them have at least one musical number where I'm like, Why? What, what what was the purpose of this? I don't understand how this progresses the story. I don't understand how it develops a character. I think it was just an excuse to sing and dance some more. Oh yeah, exactly. I mean that and that's really what it all is. That's what it all comes down to. I just ugh Like, I like musicals, and I agree with you. There are some musicals where it, like, it just makes no sense. Like this, where there's no plot. Like, whatever satirical value it has has been lost to time. And, you know, and that's kind of why I don't understand people's nostalgia for this film. Uh Like, people that didn't see it in theaters when it originally came out. Because, like, if you saw it when it originally came out, I get it. Or if you were a teenager in the 50s, and this is kind of, like, your big romanticized version of, like, what that was like. That's cool. But then, like, you know, someone who's our age who has nostalgia for this movie, I'm like, why? Right. Say the line, Bart. Okay, Boomer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, it's... So, just how many people love this movie and, like, the reasons they love this movie just baffle me. Yeah, I mean, everybody's got a thing. You know, this can be your thing. Um, it... I I don't... I don't know. Like, I've never met anyone whose entire personality is Grease so that's good i've never had that happen i've met like older people whose entire personality is gone with the wind i don't like that <laughs> yeah i don't like that either it was very uncomfortable um it was like my sister's fucking um prom date and we went dead pictures at their house and like their entire house was like gone with the wind themed that that's weird yeah, i, I, I don't, was I, like i was like i don't ever need to come back here again okay y- cool yeah the potential for abuse is quite high that in like i mean just making any movie your entire personality is kind of weird yeah of course uh troll 2 you know oh my god i i don't think i would be like i think i would hang out with someone who just spoke completely in troll 2 quotes for like maybe a week and then once i'm like hey i've heard that before and then like i go back and look it up and then i realize everything they're saying is from troll 2 i would immediately ghost that person because that's what they deserve understood understood Oh, speaking of ghosting, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, let's put a lid on Grease. Let's put it back in the time capsule. Let's bury it back underneath the high school and then put a cherry bomb in there that's set to go off at hey, any given moment. we've already Heathers. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's the Grease Fire time capsule. Grease Fire. <laughs> grease, 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 Grease Fire. I nope Uh, like you said we're gonna put a cap on this uh we're gonna starve that grease fire Uh, i feel dirtier after doing this episode like i don't feel good about this i don't feel good either i feel slimy i feel cheated i feel like nothing in life is the way it should be but you know what that's okay literally just feeling like a woman in the 50s let's get oppressed girls all right let's do some (laughs) valium girls oh god man i miss when people i miss when doctors would just give you a shit ton of valium if you were like weird or depressed i i, I want to go back to those times i think there's a lot of people that are saying well, let's go back to this time you know and i think that's a that's a slippery slope <laughs> oh yeah no 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 for sure i don't want to go back to the 50s i want to keep moving forward i want to progress as a society until such point that i am 50 years old and i'm like no take it back no take it back to the the 2000s we're gonna watch high school musical to reminisce just like people watch greece to reminisce oh god i, I i'm not i'm not looking forward to the to the getting old thing where ah. it's like i don't know what music's playing on the radio anymore and i'm just listening to old cds of fucking fallout boy just to like feel like i understand the world for a moment honestly bro been there for about six years now oh hell yeah i mean it's the only way to live anyway um so that's gonna do it for this week uh Greece, goodbye we are done with you uh please go off into the sky so we don't have to think about you anymore maybe the uh, flying car will get hit by one of those missiles with truck nuts on it Maybe maybe it'll get hit by Jack Skellington flying across the sky, because it's not very clear when that movie takes place either. That is a crossover I didn't need it is the, not the crossover we needed it's not the one we deserved it's the one that we will get now we're once, gonna have Disney like buys Paramount. we're gonna have t-shirts where it's jack skellington in a black leather jacket and a comb back hair and sally you know with like her weird letterman sweater thing over her like canary yellow dress on the hood of a car and it'll just say like <laughs> bone daddy on the bottom <laughs> it's still bone daddy it's just different aesthetic bone daddy yeah. jesus christ <laughs> oh man I can't believe we, we skirted around that one when we were just talking about movies being people's entire personality. Anyway, I will delay this no further. Uh, for For year Information, I'm Zach and i'm john see a new movie this week uh like us and give us five star rating on apple podcast we would greatly appreciate it it'll get more shitheads like you guys in here and uh more discussions go to, you know like start conversations on the facebook page we don't care talk about whatever you want um other than like i guess white nationalist shit uh homunculus is also a touchy subject <laughs> homunculus is also a touchy subject uh me and john don't like talking about it but if you guys want to talk about any other witchcraft and like specifically movie related witchcraft that is awesome uh so so you know what see a new movie this week uh take care of yourself and have a great one bye